Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Great to have you with me as always. Well, I'm recording this in late June 2023, and the summer is underway, and people are starting their vacations, and they're paying a little bit less attention to the news. And so I thought in this podcast, in this episode, I would review some news stories you might be missing, or at least maybe not quite understanding the implications of, because you're distracted with the beach or the barbecue or the park or the volleyball game, all of which is wonderful. I just don't want you to miss these important stories. So let me dive in. And just for fun, and because I got up this morning and I'm missing him, I'm going to do this a little bit in the style of Paul Harvey, the famous American news broadcaster. Uh, Just because Paul Harvey had a huge influence on me, Uh, I've I've written a book uh, about him with my friend David Holland that I hope you'll see, I hope you'll get, won some awards, good book. But I just miss Paul Harvey today, so I'm going to have a little fun today and do a little bit of his style in this news reporting. So, therefore, page one. You may have heard of an organization called the Wagner Group. It's a very elite mercenary group run by and funded by the Russian government. It's filled with special forces, soldiers, and ex-elite military forces uh, of the Russian army, privately run. It's led by a a man named Yevgeny Prigozhin. Now, something happened this past week. This past week, Prigozhin accused the Russian army of bombing a Wagner Group camp and killing a lot of people. So he, in turn, has moved his forces now, and they are moving on Russia. So understand now, a former mercenary organization enlisted and informed and funded by the Russian military, the Russian high command, has now begun to move on Russia. They have taken over the city of Rostov-on-Don. They are halfway to Moscow. Do they have the strength and the forces to uh, take Moscow or, you know, completely engage in a coup? No, probably not. But the point is the most elite forces for the Russian high command are now marching on Russia. It's possible, it's just possible that this is the thin end of the wedge. This is the beginning. This is a turning point where you begin to see a bit of an uprising in Russia. People are tired of this war. They know uh, without question, as Progeny has said himself, that this is an, a war needed by oligarchs that has turned into a racket. That's exactly what he said. Progozin has said it is needed by oligarchs and turned into a racket. So now uh, Putin is engaged in a war on the Wagner Group. He's saying that these people are rebels and turncoats and that he's going to uh, drive them out of existence. But the fact is they've captured the popular mind. The people in Russia don't tend to have a a very strong sense that they can overthrow the government, but many people in Russia are beginning to understand that Putin and his thugs are driving them to destruction. I've told you many times before that the Ukrainian military, first of all, Ukraine is only about 10% of the population of Russia, and the Ukrainian military is only funded by 10% of the budget of Russia. In other words, the money that Ukraine spends on military is 10% of that that Russia spends on its military. So the fact that we have at worst a stalemate and at best a Ukrainian victory happening in this war is stunning. 
And now that the Wagner Group is turning, this is significant. Page two. This past week also, President Joseph Biden had Prime Minister Narendra Modi of India to the White House. Now, previously, we have been in great tension with India, uh, largely because Mr. Modi has been oppressive of the press, oppressive of individual rights, and he's actually encouraged violence against Muslims, something that caused, of course, the West to say, hey, you're not observing uh, human rights, you're not observing civil rights, and so we're not going to support you. We also were concerned that they had a strong military tie to Russia. Well, Mr. Biden, in a smart diplomatic move, had Mr. Modi went to the White House, let him make a speech, asked that he make a speech before Congress, which he did, talked about the unity, talked about the connection between the two, talked about Indian Americans and their influence on American history. And so what he has done is he has warmed up diplomatic relations with Modi of India. Some people in the West are upset about that. They don't want us to even talk to anybody who's not observing uh, individual and civil rights. Of course, we believe in those rights. But we can't only be allies with people who are perfect. And so this was a good move. This is distancing India from Russia. This is employing India as an ally against China. By the way, you may be aware that India is now the most populous nation in the world. So its population is larger than China. And the U.S. wants to use, in the good positive sense of that word, India as a hedge against China. One moment that was sort of sweet uh, was that as Mr. Modi, Prime Minister Modi was making a speech before Congress. He turned around. Of course, sitting behind him is Vice President Kamala Harris. She's half Indian, and he acknowledged that. I'm not a big fan of Kamala Harris politically, as you will know, uh, but I do celebrate the fact that in America we have such marvelous diversity. So I like the fact that our prime minister is an Indian American a half Indian American, as she says, and that that is being celebrated around the world and recognized. Our diversity is our strength, but I wish it was somebody else, quite frankly. So a good move uh, on the part of the Biden administration in strengthening ties with India. Page three, the Republicans' favorite Democratic candidate for president is Robert Kennedy Jr., and this, I think, shows some problems with the Republican Party. Tucker Carlson's having Robert Kennedy Jr. on his television show. He's on Hannity. He's on a lot of talk shows. The reason is that he is one of the few Democrats, certainly the only one running for president, who has been opposed to vaccines, says that vaccines were a hoax, says that Big Pharma lied to us, uh, said that Congress got in bed with Big Pharma. And by the way, he's opposed to the war in Ukraine. So he has become a darling of Republicans. And I want to say, I say this lovingly because almost all all of my political friends are Republicans or conservatives. I have a lot of friends on the other side, but but I'm talking about people I would actually truck with politically. Uh, I want to say that this shows how easily Republicans can be bought, so to speak. I'm not saying Robert Kennedy Jr. is buying Republicans, but the fact is he makes a nod against vaccines. He makes a nod against the Ukrainian war, and suddenly you have Republicans giving him airtime and promoting him. Well, this man's not with uh, conser- the conservative cause, certainly not a conservative Christian cause on hardly any other issue. He's not pro-life. He's not about limited government. He's not about primarily his central platform is not the rule of law. He's hesitant about a strong defense. Almost all of the conservative principles um, he's not with. 
But all you have to do to get inside in the Republican Party and the GOP of 2023 is hate on vaccines and hate on the war in Ukraine, and suddenly you're a darling. It's a mistake. It shows how lightly a lot of the GOP leaders and, and members of the press hold to their principles, and we're going to see, we're going to end up paying for it. Page four. All of you, I am sure, have paid attention to the Titan submersible that blew up this past week. Uh, it was exploring the Titanic. It had been a commercial venture run by Stockton Rush with an organization called Ocean Gate. He had built a submersible mini-sub. They were to go down on one day, spend a few hours looking at the Titanic, and come back up. What happened was they descended, and then contact was lost with them. What we were told is that for the next four or five days, the clock was running uh, on their oxygen supply, and so the Navy and the Coast Guard and other nations were all looking for this submersible, okay? Finally, just yesterday— I'm recording this on Saturday, the 24th of June. So on the 23rd of June, just yesterday, we were told there's that debris had been found and there was no question that the submersible had imploded. Okay. Now, Stockton Rush of Ocean Gate was known to be a guy who actually bragged about breaking the rules, bragged about sidestepping federal requirements, uh, bragged about doing things the fast, slick, easy way. And so he's being criticized quite a bit. Well, here's the, here's the story now. It's tragic. It's tragic that five lives were lost. Uh, it's tragic that this thing blew up. It's tragic that yet more lives are being lost in any way connected to the Titanic. It turns out now that the U.S. Navy had used listening boys, B-U-O-Y-S, and had heard the explosion on the very first day. In other words, the Navy knew that this submersible called Titan had exploded on the very first day that the submersible, that the Titan submerged. They then told the Coast Guard, who are responsible for these matters, the Coast Guard informed the Biden administration. And according to some pretty credible reporting, the Biden administration sat on the information. So you and I watched news reports all week that we were looking for the sub. These people were, were uh, die, you know, in threat of dying, but they were almost certainly alive. We're looking for them. We're searching for them. We hear pounding on the, on the, what is probably pounding on the hull of this thing, them trying to send us signals of where they are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Turns out it was all untrue. And the conclusion is that the Biden administration may have sat on this information for all those days while all that erroneous reporting was going on. Why? Because Hunter Biden's legal problems were going to be announced. The sentence against him was going to be announced. It ultimately ended up in negotiation. They had a negotiated settlement, but he was charged with gun charges and tax fraud charges. All of that was going to come about this week. And so the allegation is that the administration sat on this information about the Titan submersible, knowing that it would drown out any reporting about Hunter Biden. And therefore, even though the administration knew that the five were dead and the Titan had blown up, 
They sat on it so it would capture the news cycle and keep attention off of Hunter Biden. I can't say firsthand whether that's true. I'm simply saying that very credible people in D.C. and not just the right wing, not just conservatives, but people on the other side and people in the press are saying that this is likely true. So two things at once. A tragedy that these people were killed, a tragedy that Stockton Rush his last name is almost symbolic of his actions. He rushed this thing into production, and thus these people were killed because of kind of a slapdash approach to building this thing. Tragedy, 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 may even criminal charges. Who knows? But a scandal if indeed the Biden administration sat on this information and only let it release when it would drown out the Hunter Biden scandals stories. Page five. The final thing I want to talk about is we now know that the mean age in America, the average age in America, is now just a hair under 40 years old. Now, this is pretty serious because that's old for nations. I've been talking before in this podcast about the fact that you have to have a birth rate in a country of 2.1 just to maintain your population. Below 2.1, then you're going to be losing population. Above 2.1, and you're growing. Well, as I've said before, uh, in the Muslim world, for example, and among Muslims even in Europe, the population rate is extremely high, 4.0, 5.0. Some even reach 6.0 because they don't believe in birth control and because in some cases they recognize that high birth rates are part of spreading Islam. No question that that's what they talk about. That's what the Mullahs preach. That's what their doctrines are. At the same time, traditional populations in America and in Europe are absolutely aborting themselves to death and small familying. <laughs> That's the word I just made up. Uh, small familying themselves to death. In other words, the valuing of a small family and abortion are causing the birth rates uh, amongst the traditional populations in Europe and in the United States to dip way below 2.1. In fact, in Italy, it's in the low 1 rate, 1.0. I think it's about 1.4. This means, according to experts, that in about 20 years, maybe 25 years, the average Italian will not have an aunt, an uncle, or a brother, or a sister because the families are extremely small. Already, experts that I've, I've sat and listened to, I've been in conferences with experts who say, listen, we're all worried about China, but China's done. Because for years they had a one-child policy. All the families wanted to have keep their male children. They aborted their female children. You now had, don't have enough of a population in general to sustain the economy, to pay the bills, to defend the country, to grow the country. And also, you certainly are going to hit a population bomb, a population reduction bomb, not a population growth bomb. It would be the same in the United States, except that because we have Hispanic immigration— and other types of immigration, you have a population that actually is just a hair under 2.1. And as I often say humorously when I'm teaching this subject, you ought to hug an Hispanic. The Hispanic birth rate in America is five times that of the average white, and the black birth rate is twice that of the average white person, the average white family. So we're kept alive by non-white population growth 
and immigration population growth, which I understand some people are concerned about that. And, and you know, we've got to certainly got to have wise immigration laws. But to encourage family growth, to encourage large families, to give incentives, this is part of national survival. So keep that number in your mind. For the first time in history, the mean age in America is just a nose hair under 40. And that's not a good trend. Okay. Enjoyed the survey of the news. Pay attention to the news over the summer. Some major things are happening. Want you to enjoy your vacations, but our world is turning for the most part in positive directions, but there are some trends we got to keep an eye on. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular global speaker, and senior fellow for public leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic University. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.